Wilson Contreras is already showing that he's got what it takes to help fill the void left by future Hall of Famer Yadier Molina. Plus, the Cardinals' top 30 prospects list has been updated with a few changes that I'll tell you about all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, also available on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us and hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, when Yanni Molina announced that last season was going to be his final year, as a catcher in the major leagues, the initial thought through Cardinal Nation, and I, I think for most of us, was sadness. Because for some fans, that's all they knew at catcher for the Cardinals was Yadier Molina. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 2000 draft, made his debut with the team on June 3rd, 2004 against the Pirates at the age of 21. And then for the next 19 years, he was the man. He was the backstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, who during his tenure were very, very good. They won two World Series championships in 2006 and 2011. They won four National League pennants, nine Central Division titles, and also had four wildcard berths. Very successful. Individual accomplishments included nine gold gloves, four platinum gloves. He was a 10-time All-Star. He won a Silver Slugger Award in 2013. He got MVP votes in five seasons, including finishing fourth in voting in 2012 and then third in voting in 2013. He led the league in caught stealing percentage in four seasons, and the only reason he didn't win it more was because people stopped running against him because he was so good. His career caught stealing percentage is 40%, and during his time in the majors, the league average was only 27%, so well above everybody else. He seemed to always be in tune with the pitchers who trusted him with uh, out hesitation when it came to calling the game. And then you've got the the yachty attitude, you know, the yattitude that I like to say uh, that, that he possessed. Uh, you know, he was the captain out there on the field who wasn't afraid to get a little mouthy with opposing hitters and opposing managers and even umpires for that matter. He was willing to get physical with the opposition no matter what size they were. It's what made fans for other teams not like Yadier Molina. They respected him. At least I think they respected him, but they hated Yadier Molina. My my wife is a, a Reds fan, grew up in Cincinnati, hates Yadier Molina. And I used to say this to her just the same way I used to say it to uh, Cardinals fans who didn't like Brandon Phillips. If he was on your team, you would love him. If Brandon Phillips had been a Cardinal back in the day, you would have loved Brandon Phillips. Same goes for Yadier Molina. If he's on your team, you think he's the greatest guy in the world. But the opposition, they don't like playing him. They don't like having to go up against him. They don't like his attitude. 
They don't like how good he is. Um, and all of these things needed to be replaced this offseason following Yachty's retirement. And the Cardinals had options through the trade market and free agency, and they decided that the best fit for this team and for this franchise was Wilson Contreras, who has a lot of Yachty or Molina inside him with the, the way he goes about his business. Now, Contreras may not have the defensive capabilities. We're going to throw up a picture of uh, of Wilson in spring training right now. Look at him. Look how happy he is there. Um, he may not have uh, the defensive capabilities that Yachty possessed, and most mortal catchers don't. That's what made Yachty special. But Contreras is most definitely a better power hitter than Yachty was. Uh, I'm not here bashing Yachty, by the way. Uh, you know, he had some good seasons at the plate. Heck, he hit over 300 in five seasons and cleared the 20 home run mark twice. But Contreras in his seven seasons has already hit 20 or more home runs four times. And although his career batting average is only at 256, his OPS plus is at 115. Yachty's career OPS plus is 96. And then Contreras's on base percentage, 349 compared to Yachty's 327. So in a lot of ways, he's a better hitter than Yachty or Molina was. Will he hit 300 the way Yachty did in five seasons? Probably not. That's not something that looks like uh, is a realistic possibility. But the power is there. The slugging is there. He's a very good hitter. But let's get back to the defensive side where some were concerned if Contreras was good enough as a catcher to warrant a big contract. And there is one thing that Contreras has in his game that is very, very, very similar to Yachty or Molina, and that's he's got an absolute cannon for an arm behind the plate. And not only is the arm used for gunning runners who are trying to steal bases, second, third base, but he also loves, he loves to use that arm to pick off runners at first base the same way that Yachty did over the years. And he's very, very good at it. John Denton at MLB.com recently did an article uh, about this whole thing and how even more important it might become this year about catchers throwing to the other bags because of the pitcher disengagement rules. You know, they're regulated now and pickoff throws by the pitcher. You can't do it as often. They're going to be far less than previous year because of the limit. Now, Contreras is MLB's catching leader in pickoffs since 2016. He's got 25 of them, which is almost double the next highest amount of 13. Contreras said this to Denton in the article, teams are going to try to take advantage of the new rules and runs, so we have to be smart with our pickoffs and when our catchers back pick runners. Even if you don't get an out, you keep the runner honest, and there's no count on those. And he's right. There's no limit on how many times the catcher can whip it on down to first base if he wants to, which might be a thing that might get annoying after a while. I don't know how many times he's actually going to do it down there, but remember back in the day when it was uh, Yachty and Pujols, like they had that they would just take a little glance at each other and they knew what that meant. And Yachty would rifle it down to her first base and they would snag guys all the time. And that's what uh, Contreras is very, very good at. Uh, manager Ali Marmel also spoke highly about Contreras's arm and the ability to help control the running game of the opposition saying, I think we got the right guy for it. Even with the disengagement rules, there's strategy around guys taking bigger leads and us having a guy who can back pick really well. He's one of the best at it, and that should keep guys from stretching out their primary and secondary leads. I think it'll play a big part. Now, watching Yachty gun dudes over the years was one of my favorite things about watching Yachty or Molina play catcher. I loved watching it. What was it, spring training last year, where the one young guy, I forget what team it was, but the young player was at first base and kind of was like, 
I'm going to, I'm going to run on you, Yachty. And Yachty was like, go ahead, give it a try. And then Yachty gunned him out at second base. Like, I love that. I think that's so awesome. And, um, I loved watching that. And I'm looking forward to watching Contreras do a lot of the same things with that arm that he has. Uh, we also know, and we've seen it already, that uh, Contreras has a bit of that yattitude, the yattitude, or however you want to say it, the uh, Yadi Molina attitude that came along with um, Molina being behind the plate. He showed that off the, the feistiness on, on Tuesday when he and the Nationals' Dominic Smith had words after Smith was hit by a pitch on his foot, and uh, they had to be separated. You know, you like that behind the plate. We've had it for 19 years, almost two decades with Molina back there. And now you've got a guy who isn't afraid to get a little chirpy, just like Yachty did. So uh, the more I watch him play and the more I see the interviews, the more I fall in love with this guy. I think Contreras is going to be a great fit for the Cardinals. And as soon as that bat starts getting hot here in spring training, he starts smoking shots all over the field. I think Cardinal Nation is uh, is really going to fall hard for him. I really do. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cardinals' top 30 prospects uh, next. The, the list has been updated from last season, so I'm going to break it down for you coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you haven't visited FanDuel yet, you uh, are wasting time, and you could be losing out on money. The midway point of the NBA season uh, is here. We just had the all-star break. The guys are back in action, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Be sure to uh, check out how... You can do smaller bets. There's a whole list of things that you can bet on that aren't just like who's going to win or what the the spread is going to be. There's all kinds of things that you can get involved with, and you can do a lot of smaller bets together, combine them for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, which FanDuel allows you to do. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba so we've gotten to know some of these prospects in uh spring training so far uh, a lot of the big names that you might be familiar with and uh there's an updated list of the cardinals top 30 prospects that has been released at mlb.com and we've got some movement from where the list was at the end of last year So we'll start at the top. Jordan Walker remains at number one, uh, followed by shortstop Mason Wynn, who remains at number two. Now we start getting some movement. Pitcher Team Kentz moves up from number six to number three. We've seen him in the spring so far. His one outing looked very, very good. Uh, Pitcher Gordon Graceffo, friend of the show, Gordon Graceffo, drops one spot from number three to number four, but he's not going too far. That's one spot. Uh, outfielder Alec Burleson remains at number five, and all five of those guys are in the pipeline top 100 from MLB.com. Walker is at number four, win is 50, hence at 77, Graceffo at 79, and then Burleson at number 91. Now, Gordon Graceffo made the biggest jump from last year's preseason list, okay? Not to where the list was at the end of the season where he was up there. But the preseason last year, he started at number 24 and has now risen 20 spots to number four. I feel like Casey Kasem talking about the charts here. He's risen 20 spots 
to number four. Uh, MLB.com's write-up says this about uh, Gordon Graceffo. The Villanova product was showing improved velocity heading into his first full season, and that held as he was sitting 94-96 miles per hour during his time at High A Peoria and Double A Springfield. His plus slider and above-average changeup eased his transition to the upper minors, but it's his 60-grade control that truly locks in his chances to be a starter. Graceffo could go from a fifth-round pick to a key part of the St. Louis rotation within his first three years of pro ball. And that's what we like to hear. And that's why we had him on this show. Uh, We hope to have him on the podcast again at some point in the future. I know he was uh, up for doing that. Obviously, spring training going on right now, a little bit busy. I'm not going to bug him right now. Uh, We'll put a little... A little something into his ear. Let him know that uh, we're interested in having him uh, back on the podcast whenever he gets some free time. But I know he's uh, busy trying to make the squad right now, so we're not gonna not gonna bother him. But uh, we did see his appearance against the Nationals on Tuesday, uh, two innings, shutout ball. So um, he looked good. And the and the quirky windup that he's got going on there. Um, that's kind of that's got to be weird for a, a hitter to go up against as well. So I wonder if that adds to uh, you know the movement and kind of trying to find the ball. You know the way he keeps it hidden behind him there. Um, interesting. It's interesting to watch him pitch. Uh, continuing with the top ten, lefty Matthew Libertor falls from number four to number six. Uh, left-handed pitcher in 2022 first-round pick Cooper Jerpy moves up a slot from number eight to number seven. Right-handed pitcher and 2021 first-round pick Michael McGreevy is up from number nine to number eight. Catcher Yvonne Herrera drops from number seven to number nine. And then rounding out your top ten is switch-hitting shortstop Jonathan Mejia, who is just 17 years old. So he's going to be way down there in rookie ball still for for quite some time, for at least a couple of years, I'm guessing. But that says something that a 17-year-old's in your top 10 for the Cardinals. Um, keep an eye on that name, Jonathan Mejia. Uh, another name that has made some noise for obvious reasons is one Moises Gomez, who wasn't ranked in the preseason, but cracked the top 30 at the end of last year. In fact, he finished at number 30 after swatting his record-setting 39 home runs last year between AA and AAA. This year, Gomez... He's up there where he belongs uh, in the top 15 at number 14 on the list. In the first few games this spring, we haven't seen the the home run power yet. Hasn't put one over the wall, but he is tied for the team lead and hit so far in spring training with four, along with a couple of, of decent ball players that you might have heard of named Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah, they're not bad. So uh, Gomez, four for eight so far. He's got a double, an RBI. He has struck out twice, but that's something that he's working on in the spring is diminishing the amount of whiffs and making sure he's putting the ball in play a lot more because uh, the more often he does it, the better chances he's going to get hits because when he does hit it, poof, dude, dude stings the ball, man. <laughs> dude, the, the velo off his bat has got to be sick. I need to look up the stats on that, on what, what he's averaging because, gosh, he hits that ball hard. Uh, Tuesday starter Connor Thomas jumped from number 24 to number 17 after his uh, stellar display in the Arizona Fall League this year. 19-year-old catching prospect Leonardo Bernal moves up seven slots for number 18 to number 11. So that's something to keep an eye on. Not that the, the Cardinals need another catcher at this moment, considering you've got Wilson Contreras, you got Ivan Herrera there. But if you need to move Herrera to add, say, the top-of-the-line starter down the road, there you have it. Uh, or, you know, you can trade Leonardo Bernal, you know, uh, young man. Catching prospect, 
Could be somebody that uh, people are interested in. Uh, I did have someone ask about relief pitcher. I forget who it was on here. That I'm, I'm sorry that I forgot what your name was on here, but uh, Freddie Pacheco, the relief pitcher. Somebody asked about him the other day. Uh, he actually still on the list, fell two spots from number 22 to number 24. But my personal opinion on him is that he seems like a guy that if, if other right-handers who are already you know ahead of him that may have already be on the roster, say like a, a Drew uh, Verhagen, or um, who else were they? Chris Stratton. Say say something happens with those guys. They get hurt. Maybe their performance isn't so good. He's a guy that I think would be probably on the speed dial to bring up from AAA. Uh, he's got strikeout stuff, hits 99 with the fastball. So I think that's somebody that he would be one of the first guys brought up uh, if they needed another right-hander to add to that bullpen. Um, and of course I can't, I can't not mention our buddy, Mike Antico, Mr. Stolen Base himself, friend of the podcast. He's now on the list. In fact, he's at number 23. Uh, it's not like he just barely made it at number 29 or 30. He's at number 23 after not being even in the top 30 in seasons. And last year, guy stole 67 bases, uh, under the new rules last season. And I would assume he'll begin the year at Memphis, but he's another guy if, Injuries happen. Performance is not so good with the guys who are up on the major league roster. Um, he's a guy that uh, could run his way into some playing time and run his way into the hearts of all of us who love stolen bases. I'm that guy. I still have fond memories of watching the 80s Cardinals with Vince Coleman and Willie McGee and Ozzie Smith, Tommy Herr, Andy Van Sly. Like watching these guys run rapid all over the place. And I, I like it when I can see a guy like Mike Antico, who's been a good stolen base guy everywhere he's been. Uh, I would love to see him running around going crazy on the base pass for the Cardinals at some point, but he is 25 years old. So um, if he's coming up, it needs to come up soon because uh, the clock's ticking on him, unfortunately. Um, not all prospects pan out, obviously, and the one who did fall the most from last year's list is outfielder John Torres, who began last year at number 18, no longer even in the top 30 anymore, hit 208 with a 29.4% strikeout rate over 27 games at single-A Palm Beach last year and ended up having to go back down to the Florida Complex League in August. So that might be a guy that, uh, you know, keep an eye out on his name. Maybe he figures some stuff out and jumps back up in there. But uh, as of right now, he's pew stock down. So that's how it shakes out right now. When we're talking about the top 30 prospects with the Cardinals, obviously we'll keep you posted on any movement throughout the year, but you got to be encouraged. At least I feel like I'm a bit encouraged about the fact that the Cardinals have so many pitching prospects. We we've talked about how they seem to have a lot of hitters who are major league ready and ready to roll. Whereas you've got four guys who are in the starting rotation this year set to become unrestricted free agents. Who's going to fill those roles? Obviously, you can go to the free agent market. You can make trades to get some guys. You can sign a couple of these guys to an extension, but they've got some they've got some talent pitching wise in uh, in the minor leagues. Uh, five of their top ten are pitchers, and eighteen of the top thirty are pitchers. So there's some talent. There's some talent down there. Speaking of pitchers, we asked your opinion on Miles Michaelis on Tuesday, and I I argued that he's underrated. That was my argument. He was underrated. He's underappreciated by Cardinals fans. And we're going to uh, get some of your opinions on him next on Locked on Cardinals. So on Tuesday's episode, I asked you to rate Miles Michaelis on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest after I made the argument that he's a bit underappreciated by myself, 
and Cardinal Nation. And maybe nationally. I, I don't know what people say about him outside of St. Louis. But I do know that people tend to take him for granted. I've been one of those people. And honestly, until this spring, I didn't realize how good Miles Michaelis really has been. Two All-Stars. Two All-Star games in three healthy seasons with St. Louis. Yes, he had the elbow injury. He had the shoulder injury. And that knocked him out. But when he's on the field, he's been pretty good. Uh, Sam Murphy says he rates him at a 6.5. He's an above-average starter, but I think it will be very hard to win anything with him as our number one or number two. Strikeouts are the game now when Miles doesn't play it. Uh, for sure, strikeouts, not exactly his bread and butter. But he's not garbage. Like, he's still top 20 in the National League at 6.81 last year in strikeouts per nine. So it's not horrible, but yeah. That's not his game. That's not his his thing. He's not up there to just strike out eight, nine guys a game and, uh, you know, pump it velo at like 99 or anything like that. His job is to throw strikes and get you out. That's all he wants to do. Uh, Spiked says, Michaelis is very underrated. I'd give him a solid eight. He's the kind of starter you can put out there and feel like you have a good shot at winning every game, as long as it's not in Colorado. <laughs> That was a hard one to watch last year. Um, if you remember, 10 runs over two and two-thirds innings. They left him out there, and um, they were trying. Here's the thing. It happens from time to time. They have to leave the starter out there because they want to ease the burden on the bullpen because I believe it was at a time, it was in August, I do remember that, where they might have had a lot of games. It might have been like they were playing 10 games in a row or something like that, and they want, didn't want to burn the bullpen if they didn't have to. So they were hoping Miles could work a little longer, but he only made it two and two thirds and gave up those 10 runs. And you really, I hate seeing that. You just feel bad for the guy out there because it's just not his day. He knows it. The other team knows it, but he's got to stand out there and take it on the chin to help the team. It happens from time to time. Uh, Dennis Falstrom, he's a bit lower on Miles. Uh, Dennis says here, he would be ace material if he could remain healthy and durable. We gave him a $68 million extension, and he spent the first two years of it on the DL. Then his tent folded up the last month of 2022 after a very good start. Based on that, he's not an ace. Not close. He did give us a complete game, our only one, I think, and it was nearly a no-hitter. But what about all those starts where he ran out of juice in four or five innings? That sure puts a strain on the bullpen. Overall, I'd rate him a solid four or a five, kind of like his win-loss record last year, which was uh, 12 and 13. Um, That actually, he did not finish that no-hitter. He did not. Um, Remember that he gave up the hit, and then Ollie took him out. Uh, his pitch count was way up at the point. So as soon as the bid for the no-hitter was over, they, they pulled him. He lasted eight and two-thirds there. The uh, complete game that he actually had last year, he lost. He uh, threw against Tampa Bay through all eight innings. Tampa Bay didn't have to bat in the ninth inning, but he lost two to one. Two to one. And that was something that happened a lot to Miles Michaelis last year. Uh, I brought this up on Tuesday that he had a bunch of losses where he threw outstanding, but got little to no run support. Because if he did, his record would be way better than what it was last year. Until that game in Colorado in August, his ERA was under three. So August 9th, I think, is when that game took place. ERA is under three. 
And in his final 10 starts, only four of them did he allow three or four earned runs. In fact, five of his final 10 starts last year, he allowed one run or less. So I, I can't agree with you on him folding at the end of the year. So I can't really agree with you on that part, Dennis. Um, here's more thing. I was looking at more stats about Miles Michaelis after I did that episode just to see, like, what else was he good at? Check this out. Miles Michaelis had 22 quality starts last year. 22. That ranked him third in the National League behind you, Darvish, of the Padres, who had 25, and then Cy Young winner Sandy Alcantara, who had 24. Nobody else had more than them in the National League except those two. And he was fifth in all of baseball with 22 quality starts. His run support per nine, 4.8, which actually isn't that bad. It was 20th in the National League. Cardinals had a great offense last year. But here's the thing. This is skewed a little bit because Miles Michaelis last year lost games by the score of 2 to nothing, 3 to 1, 2 to 1, 2 to nothing, 3 to nothing, 3 to 2 and 1 to nothing. So out of his 13 losses, four of those, the team got shut out. And he had no decisions in games where he was great. He had a no decision after two runs over six innings against Pittsburgh. Allowed zero runs over five innings against the Marlins. No decision. Zero runs in seven innings against the Mets. No decision. Three runs over six and two-thirds against Toronto's potent lineup. No decision. One run over six innings against the Cubs. No decision. Those games he could have easily won as well. And then in some of the wins... The Cardinals just lit up the scoreboard, which made his, you know, run support per nine go up a bunch. Uh, he got victories in games where they won 10 to 1, 7 to 1, 10 to 1 again, 14 to 5, 9 to 1, 6 to 1, 11 to 3. I mean, look at that. In those games, only one of those games did he give up more than three runs. And that was the 14 to 5 game. So if you remove the Colorado game, and I did this. You remove the game of the 10 runs over two and two thirds. His ERA on the season would be at 2.89. Now I understand you can't remove the game. It was part of his season. But if you took it away, 2.89, which would be seventh in the National League between Carlos Rodon, who just got a fat paycheck, and then Logan Webb of the Giants. Ironically, both of them were for the Giants last year. And he would have uh, been tied for 14th in all of baseball with Martin Perez of the Rangers as far as his ERA goes. I just think Michaelis, I just think he's better. I think he's better than we give him credit for. And look at him. I mean, his strikeout numbers aren't eye-popping. So we overlook how good the rest of his numbers are. And I think we got to stop doing that. The guy's good. And I will say this, looking at this picture here, outside of Spencer Strider, he's got one of the best damn mustaches for a starting pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. But I mean, look at that sucker. That should count for something. Uh, Cardinals are back on the field against the world champion, defending world champion Houston Astros on Thursday. Uh, Adam Wainwright set to get his second start of the spring. So uh, as always, you can follow along with us on Twitter because I don't believe the game's televised. I think it's another one that's uh, not going to be televised. You're going to have to listen to it on the radio. But um, 
we'll uh, keep you posted on what's going on with it on our Twitter account. So uh, make sure you're following us there. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, once again, the goal for YouTube, I want to get our audience up to 5,000 subscribers before opening day. So if you haven't subscribed, but you you stop by, you listen to the YouTube, or you watch the YouTube, uh, please hit that button down below. Take you just a second to hit that subscribe button. We would appreciate it. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.